What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. <laughs> Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick here with co-host Dan Reese for this year, this week's By the Numbers. Dan, how you doing? 
I'm doing good. Uh, not the uh, not the prettiest win, but a, a big win against the division opponents. So I can't be upset about that. So nice to yeah. grab one. All sorts of injury problems the Ravens have worked through. They've won six out of seven now. Uh, have at least that going for them. Uh, Got to give a shout out to our sponsor here right now, Liquid Death, the, the water that will brutally murder your thirst. Please give their product a try. They've been good to us. So, Dan, I'll start us off this week with three numbers, four numbers, 22, 7, 1, 1, and 1. I guess that's five numbers, actually. So the 22, the Calais Campbell's block field goal was the 22nd in Ravens history. It was the seventh time the Ravens had a block field goal in a game they ultimately won by three points or less. There are two other good exceptions. One time, uh, they blocked a kick uh, that was returned immediately for for uh, six points, and a lot of you will remember that game from 2015 with Brent Urban blocking in his first NFL game to Will Hill. And then another time, last year, in fact, Campbell blocked a kick that got him into overtime in a game they ended up winning by six. So those are additional wins keyed by these block kicks. And, of course, the the biggest play in Ravens history prior to the Mile High Miracle was actually a block field goal as well. Keith Washington blocking uh, Al Greco's field goal. It popped up into the air into the waiting arms of Anthony Mitchell, who returned it 90 yards for a, what is effectively a 10-point turnaround in a game where the Ravens only had five first downs and they weren't really moving the ball at all. And uh, it helped them beat the Titans and eventually go on to their first Super Bowl win. Uh, you know, a whole, it, it's, it's surprising to me because we're of an appropriate age to certainly have seen that game. And even if you've been a, a guest Ravens fans for 10 years, a lot of people have seen that game on some sort of video, YouTube, one of the box sets they put out, you know, whatever. Do you have a sense of how many times you've watched that Tennessee playoff game? Uh, you know, that might have actually been before I, I kind of joined the Ravens crew. You know, I, uh, so that was what? That was 22 years ago, you said? 22 years ago. Yeah. So that would have been before I I went out to college. So I, I became a Ravens fan after coming to Baltimore in college between 01 and 05. So uh, just after that. So I was a little bit before my time as a Ravens fan. Uh, snuck in just afterwards. But um, but yeah, I'll have to look that up. I ha- I don't know that I've seen it. So where, where did you go to school here locally? At, at Hopkins, Hopkins or Tessin? Yeah, okay. Hopkins. Yeah, I would have bet. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, you know what a cool game for for Campbell, and what a uh, awesome thing about the you know calling it um, an audible, basically, right? Is, is how it came up, and um, then him getting voted uh, special teams player of the week for I think mm-hmm. the first time in his career. So that's. It was great that he got the recognition of such a, a big impact he's been uh, for the Ravens on 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 special teams, in addition to obviously the huge impact he's been on defense. So uh, what a cool play, and uh, he's just been amazing at that. It's just, uh, it, you know, I guess that's that's what you get for being however tall he is, and <laughs> and in the middle that uh, you know just can, um, you know, it's just. Uh, especially on longer field goals, it's a great, great um, advantage to have. So, Mm -hmm. All right, very cool. Um, So my first numbers are 3.4 and 53.33%. 3.4 was the rush yards over expected uh, per attempt uh, for JK this week. It's the second highest in week 14 uh, amongst all the qualifying running backs. 
and, and he was able to do that um, despite or slash because of uh, 53.33% of those runs were into eight plus def- uh, defenders in the box. So extremely heavy box that he faced. Uh, that's all taken into consideration in the, in the rush yards over uh, expected calculation. Um, but still, nonetheless, really impressive. Um, that's the fourth highest um, percent of runs into the eight plus defend- defenders in the box um, for the week behind one of the Carolina running backs and two San Francisco running backs. So uh, two other teams with no quarterback threat. So, um, and, uh, you know, I, I thought he really looked, looked pretty, pretty good out there. Um, so, some pretty good explosive runs, some uh, real good reads and cuts, just re- really good cuts. The, the, the quick hitting cuts was, was the best part to see. Um, you know, the deep run was, what uh, was, was a great run. I'm a little worried at the end of it there, but mm-hmm. I was amazed to see that he hit over 20 miles an hour on that, on that uh, 44 <laughs> yard run. He did I'm not look back by laughter. Was, yes. <laughs> he was, he did not look that he was able to get that fast and uh, you know, running with one leg straight basically. So it was, um, it was pretty amazing uh, to see that stat. And, you know, I, I, I hope to cont- hope to see him continue with that, uh, uh, with the, successful runs and uh you know hope his knee keeps under him and gets better and better shape i think as it goes along so yeah the uh he's he's definitely carrying a piano on his back by the end of that uh by the end of that run uh it's interesting that the the eight plus boxes the ravens create that that's a self-inflicted thing because the ravens run a point of attack offense they run extra tight ends and a fullback and when you do that and you run any kind of a tight formation you're begging the other team to play an eight-man box against you in fact i think they were heavier at times because the the fourth and one play in particular looked like a rugby scrum you know they literally had andrews pushing huntley from behind which that really worked out great this week the whole getting Huntley's head in there wherever it shouldn't be. <laughs> but uh, but they uh, they certainly, with their heavy formations, I expect we'll face a lot of eight-man boxes. And what they say often about that is, if you can get the initial blocks lined up at the line of scrimmage, then that can actually be an advantage in terms of of getting a big run. I, I think it probably shows up in this rush yards over expected, where the, the expected yards are probably lower with the eight-man box. And if you do break a big one, of course, you 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 do very well spread out over all your runs for a, for a game like that. All right. Well, I've got a very closely related one, 11.2 and 3.6. 11.2, those are the runs with Ben Cleveland in the game, 11.2 yards per carry. Runs without him in the game, 3.6 yards per carry. Now, his first play was the 44-yard run by Dobbins. And you know, Linderbaum did a great job on that play. He was He was the most significant blocker. But Cleveland also did a wonderful job of making – uh, Hayward disappear after a small assist from Linderbaum to start the play. Linderbaum then went and sealed the other side of the hole too, uh, to to provide a enough of room for Dobbins to get through and and uh, create that long run there. But one thing we really saw from this game was it was Cleveland's power is very impressive. And this is his first fourteen snaps of the year. He's been on you know in the kennel and on uh, inactive list for a fair amount of the year, but uh, really good match for Tyler Linderbaum's finesse, I thought. And uh, it's really easy to see uh, him and, and Linderbaum playing well together for years to come. He, he did not have a good game overall. He was party to both of the sacks, 
which ended up really reducing his score uh, with me. But but in terms of what he brought to the run game, I thought he was visibly outstanding in the game. Yeah, I think um, you know that's kind of been the theme with him: really strong on the run game and and not so much on the on the pass game. Um, but you know, over the next well, in this last game, and then likely over the next week or two. Um, you know, that's going to be really important. So we'll yeah. see whether, we'll see whether Zeitler can, can come back. Um, but, uh, but if not, you know, the, his impact on the run game was, was great. You know, he mm-hmm. was, he was a force out there, like you said. By now you're probably noticing that there's strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, that's because it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps and it's called liquid death. Why is it called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable Tallboy cans help bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. By now, you probably know how much I love Liquid Death. Well, every week I tell you about a different way I've used Liquid Death to mess with people. This week it was taking a cooler full of Liquid Death to the softball game. Because as our team chugged down Liquid Death, our play improved while the other team drank other stuff and maybe got a little sloppy out on the field. So take liquid death. The other team has no clue what you're doing. Or take it to work. We've talked about that many times. Drag it around to your friends at school. Maybe the carpool lane. Maybe we'll talk about the carpool lane next week. Just take liquid death. Enjoy it. It's ice cold water. You're going to have a great time and fun. Go get liquid death at your local Harris Teeter or 7-Eleven or find liquid death retailers near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash film study. That's liquiddeath.com slash film study. All right. My, uh, my second set of numbers is, is kind of similar to uh, the, the first kind of going on the theme. Uh, 68.4%, 82.1%, and 0.104. Uh, 68.4% is the percent of plays uh, run by the Ravens where they face defenses with a uh, few with four or fewer D, DBs on the field. Uh, so not only are they facing the heavy eight man boxes, but they're actually facing them with uh, with big def- defensive personnel as well, right? So they're not just putting safeties in the box or anything like that. They're the uh, and this is in this last week, sixty eight point four percent, and that's the highest so by uh, so far this season. So that's that's a remarkable. Uh, percentage of plays with with four or fewer uh, DBs. Uh, just kind of for reference, the the Ravens have had two games over sixty percent, week one and week two. Um, but since then, the highest that they've faced is forty nine percent. And you can compare that to um, across the year for Baltimore has been forty one percent, and uh, across the NFL it's been twenty five twenty five point seven percent. So. You know, only only around a quarter of the plays do defenses play four or fewer DBs on the field. In this last game, uh, the Ravens faced sixty-eight point four percent. So, just a, a remarkable, um, you know, different personnel grouping that they faced. Um, on those plays, the thirty-nine plays with four or fewer DBs on the field, the Ravens ran the ball eighty-two point one percent of the time. So, they didn't see this heavy personnel and fear or back away from it. They just said, you know what, we got to do what we got to do and ran right into it. And they were ever able to be really successful doing that. Uh, they averaged an EPA of uh, 0.104 per, per play uh, this week 
with an average of 5.9 yards gained per play. So, um, you know, they had to run the ball. They were facing defenses that knew they had to run the ball and they were able to do it successfully. So it was, it was pretty amazing to see. Yeah, that, that certainly was the theme of this game is that they're able to put together an eight-minute fourth-quarter drive with their third-string QB to effectively put the game away for the first time. Then they give up a touchdown anyway, <laughs> and they let the game come back into question, and they put it away with that incredible third-and-three schemed run. I, the Do you happen to have the EPA and the average yards gained per play on the four DB plays for the season? It looks like you, you might have that or might have looked it up during the process of doing this, I would say. Uh, not for the season. No. Um, okay. well, I'd have to go back and, and pull it, but I, I probably, well, I could for sure. Uh, but I don't, don't have it written down. So. We'll do We'll do it another week on the numbers, yeah. but, it, but this is, this is a, this is a great stat. Um, I, I'm afraid it might be skewed by the 44 yard run and a, in a relatively you know short period of, of, uh, you know, in, in one game, but I'd be really interested to see how the Ravens have done on the year. And I, I, I'm guessing they'd be, you know, certainly above the league average in such situations, but I'd expect them to be, have a pretty healthy um, yards per carry because they've been healthy overall. And and you know, every time they they put twelve and thirteen out there, the other the other team is going to be going to a uh, uh, to to the four uh, DB uh, right. line yeah, or, uh, package. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you know them and a few other teams probably face it a lot and, and are very different from the rest of most of the league. So. <laughs> I'll check that out. All right. Uh, well, my dog seems to agree on that. Uh, let's let's move on here. Minus 13.5%, 10.2%, and minus 5.8%. So the minus 13.5% is the DeVoa for the Ravens. I, I, the Ravens have had defensively against opposing number one receivers. Now, DeVoa for defense, negative is good. You, negative means lower scoring, lower effectiveness for the offense. And so that's a good thing. Uh, the plus 10.2% is for number two receivers. That's bad. So positive numbers, obviously bad. They're negative 5.8% versus number three, negative 5.7% versus tight ends, and minus 0.2% effectively even in DeVoa versus running backs. Um, so it's really just their weakness against number two receivers. Um, I have a hard time pinning that on anybody. I think that the temptation would be, to pin it on Marcus Peters, but I think it may be a case of the number two receiver often ends up in the slot, and and it's a combination of things that Peters is, has done and things that um, you know the Ravens' third cornerback has basically done in the slot. And only recently have they gone to Hamilton, who's been a, a you know a fairly effective answer uh, most of the time there. But uh, uh, the number one. Uh, success against number one receivers. I don't have any problem attributing most of that to Humphrey, who's been outstanding this year. Yeah, you know, short, uh, you know, excluding this last week where he had a, a couple rough plays, I thought, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's been phenomenal, and uh, it was great to see him kind of immediately take ownership of, of you know needing to play better too. What a great uh, leader uh, that you know leadership move that is. But yeah, that's really interesting to to see. Um, you know, them performing well against everything but the number twos. Um, you know, I wonder if that's Peter's game planning. Like you said, it's uh, it's hard to kind of nail down, but definitely definitely an interesting stat for sure. All right. Uh, my third set um, is looking ahead to the, the matchup with Cleveland. Um, so these numbers are negative 0.207, negative 0.164, 
0.0649 and 0.0421. It's uh, a lot of numbers to go through there. So these are for Cleveland's offense, their EPA uh, for different scenarios. So in, in week 13 and 14, so the two weeks that Deshaun Watson has been back on drop back plays, they have an, a negative 0.207 EPA. So not good. Terrible. They, they also have a negative 0.164 EPA on run plays during those, those two week, two weeks while he's been back. You can compare that to drop back plays on, uh, you know, the, the weeks prior to that was 0.0649. So, so not great, but still significantly better, you know, more than, more than 0.25 better than how they've been the last two weeks. And then on runs uh, prior to Deshaun Watson coming back, uh, 0.0421, which uh, again, 0.2 difference between before and after he came back. So, uh, you know, pretty amazing to see the difference both in, in drop back plays and run plays um, before and after he's he's come back. Uh, you know, it was really kind of, I was curious to see how they would perform because I thought they performed pretty well uh, on offense with uh with with Brissett, better than i expected and um you know it, it's been interesting to see them perform not so well uh over the last two weeks a uh, big component of it was has been um negative 0.398 on third downs in the last two weeks so mm-hmm. uh really poor epa on, on third downs in the last two weeks so um we'll see how that continues i guess I've got a significant overlap in my next numbers. I'll roll through those and then we'll talk about it both at the end of this. But um, the last two weeks that Cleveland offense, 3.9 yards per carry. uh, That was facing Houston and Cincinnati. So those are not teams that automatically shut down the run. Let's just put it that way. Um, And uh, that's bad. But also they've only had 4.9 yards per pass in those two games. And Watson is kind of in a way remade this offense. Uh, for a lot of reasons, one very big one being that the Browns are in their division. The Ravens really want to see Watson completely fail on this contract. That's, that's easy enough for any opposing quarterback and certainly a divisional quarterback. You don't want them to do well. Um, but it would be, it would, I think it would really help if, uh, uh, you know, certainly in terms of a, a fairly talented, uh, fairly young team still in, in the Cleveland Browns to, to have uh, Watson fall apart would, uh, uh, would, would be would really hamstring their franchise, frankly. On third down, 28.6%. They've gone 8 of 28 in the last two games. You hit on that in terms of the EPA. Um, that's very low. The Ravens have have had a, uh, a long streak of success on third down. They were 25% for the six weeks prior to last week when the, when the Steelers went 4 of 8 to break their streak of no one hitting 31%. So I think a lot of this game um, is going to come down to the front seven of the Ravens being able to uh, handle the run and force Cleveland to throw as this game moves on. Now, one of the reasons, one of the ways you force Cleveland to throw is you get ahead of them. So that's kind of a everybody's game script is, is yeah, let's try and get ahead and, and see if we can lean on them with turnovers kind of thing. But uh, this is a team against, I guess, whom I think that could work. Uh, Watson still looks a little rusty and, and hopefully he'll stay that way, at least for this week. Yeah, absolutely. Those are those are some pre- pretty crazy numbers for um, you know an offense that was really hoping to to start clicking on on, on high gear. So, um, all right, my next number is uh, on the other side of the ball, fourteen point point seven percent. 
Uh, so the Cleveland defense has allowed runs of over 10 yards on 14.7% of, of rush attempts. That's third worst in the, in the league. Uh, you can compare that to the Baltimore defense, uh, which allows uh, runs of over 10 yards for 8.3% of the rush attempts, which is fourth best. So this kind of, I think, feeds right into what we were talking at the talking about at the beginning of the show with, uh, you know, the heavy boxes and then kind of breaking them uh, for, for kind of a, a larger next level run. So, uh, you know, I'm really hoping for JK to, to break out again and, uh, and break off some larger runs. Um, I know their defense is um, re- in really rough shape right now with, uh, with missing some linebackers, missing some mm-hmm. defensive line, I think. Uh, so, you know, that should even make it more likely to be able to get to the second and third level of, of their defense. So I think this is a really good opportunity for, for JK to have a, a big week with some explosive runs. Yeah. I, I would say also Edwards and, and JK, you know, Hey, by all means, let's get him on some level of two opportunities. And he's a, a low center of gravity, a power player, much more than people give him credit for. But Edwards is a, is a dangerous man. When the first contact is in level two, he gets a lot of yards after contact and this would be a good, good opportunity for him to break back out and have a big game. Uh, definitely a Cleveland team that, that, that has some flaws in terms of what they're good. They're still favored in this game without Lamar, but uh, they're, they're definitely a team that has some flaws um, at a similar uh, number as well. 20, 30 and 27 Cleveland ranks 20th in overall defensive DeVoa. Uh Remember uh, it's plus 8.7 negatives are good. So a positive is bad, obviously in this case. Uh, and that's why they're 20th overall. They are 30th in rush Devoa at plus 9.5% and 27th overall at plus 9%. Uh, I think the first one was actually past Devoa. I'm sorry, at 20th. So the, the, the Browns are short on defensive line and inside linebacker. And you mentioned it, but uh, Sione Takitaki, who's their most physical linebacker, is out. And JOK, who's their quickest linebacker and creates all kinds of problems for Jackson when he's in the game, presumably would be the same kind of a thorn in Huntley's side. Um, presents a big opportunity for the Ravens to run the ball effectively here. So I expect a, a heavy point of attack football game here if the situation allows it. And if they get behind, they're going to have to throw the ball a little more. Hasn't happened to the Ravens yet this year. But if they if they uh, uh, have their way, they'll run their normally very heavy script, 2.57 heavies per play uh, last week. Again, that's just absurdly heavy for the last many decades of the NFL. Um, and since the Browns are short on defensive line, I think we may even see a sixth offensive lineman in this game. It'd be a nice game to get Falele in for some and really try and wear down some of the defensive linemen uh, who they have a limited total of anyway. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, you know, like we've talked about with a few stats here, it's just, it's a great opportunity and to exploit this mismatch. Um, you know, not only just, Cleveland's been performing all season, but uh, especially this week with with missing some some key components. So, um, all right, fantastic. All right, my uh, my last number uh, set of numbers is is seventy six percent zero point zero five, negative zero point zero eight, and negative zero point four five. Since week ten, which was uh, the first week after Cleveland's bye. Uh, and excluding which week 13, which I'll explain in a second, uh, Cleveland has run 11 personnel 76% of the time. 
So a, a lot higher than the normal for Cleveland. Uh, before that, before their buy, they were averaging only 51% of the time. Um, week 13 was excluded uh, because David Bell, their third wide receiver, went down in the first quarter uh, with injury, and they completely went away from it afterwards. They, they don't have a, third, a fourth wide receiver that they trust, uh, or at least didn't at week week 13. Um, so I know I know from your Know the Foe episode that they, aver- they added a, a guy, um, but I still wouldn't expect them, you know, to be comfortable with him necessarily um, if they have to go beyond uh, wide receiver three. Um, but it was pretty amazing to to jump up to 76% um, uh, since, since the buy. Uh, during that time, um, they've had an EPA of 0.05 in 11 personnel and negative 0.33 otherwise. So they've done pretty well in 11 personnel, especially relative to, to the other personnel. Uh, obviously, some of that can be down in distance, but um, but interesting to see. Um, in week seven versus Baltimore, uh, Cleveland ran 11 personnel 68% of the time, so much higher than they had been in other games uh, before the bye, but, uh, but still under their average. Um, but were held to negative 0.08 EPA uh, when in 11 compared to 0.41 uh, EPA otherwise during that game. Um, and one interesting stat kind of looking at how Baltimore played against them in 11 personnel, uh, they played Hamilton on 17 out of the 38 11 personnel stat, snaps during that week uh, and held Cleveland to negative 0.45 EPA when, when Hamilton was on the field versus uh, 0.21 when, it, when he was off. So uh, it, they have a little bit different personnel than they did during week seven. Um, as far as what wide receivers they were using in that 11 personnel. So, um, but I think they did run uh, David Bell most of the time then too, as a third one. Um, and, and so I think we'll see a lot of Hamilton, just like we have in the, in the past weeks, uh, him lining up against Bell um, and, uh, and Cleveland in, in the 11 personnel. So uh, it's interesting because they have two decent tight ends, especially now that, uh, David Njoku is back uh, with him and, and Harrison Bryant, I think the other guy's name is. Yeah. Um, but they haven't been using it much. It's uh, it's definitely been interesting. Um, so I think that'll be a key matchup to, to look at, whether they come out in 11 and how Hamilton does against uh, against David Bell. So, first of all, the Cleveland's a, a pretty good matchup for the Ravens in terms of having bigger physical receivers that Hamilton can match up against someone that they'll put mm-hmm. out there looking back at that earlier matchup with cleveland uh hamilton wasn't playing the all-time slot role it looks like he was almost exclusively in and dime in that game and I, I i come to the same conclusion in terms of the with him in with him out yards per play because they only had they got well okay 2.4 yards per pass play while he was in there and 4.0 yards per play overall where six cleveland had 6.0 for the game. So they're significantly over that when, when Hamilton was not in there, but, but I think this was a case where Hamilton had a slightly different role. And this week we're going to see him as an every down player. I mean, I, I expect him if particularly if they go to 11, 76% of the time, I expect Hamilton to be in at least 76% of the time. Hamilton will be in against plenty of 12 as well. So he'll probably play just about every single snap there. There may be a little bit where they, they try and use a fullback. They'd have him off the field, but Definitely one of the very key players for the Ravens this week is is uh, Kyle Hamilton and what he does uh, as that third cornerback for the Ravens. 
Yeah, absolutely. Both in the pass and run game, I think this week. I think he'll he'll play a big role. So, yeah, completely agree. Outstanding. Always a great pleasure to do the show with you, Dan. Tell folks where they can find your work online. Yeah, reach out over on on Twitter. It's uh, at DP Reese. Then the number eight. Uh, happy to talk Ravens or anything football. All right. Outstanding. Other people who want to do a film study short, hit me up. You know what I want. And a 20 to 25 minute topic we can discuss. I'll get right back to you and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. DMs are always open on Twitter. Uh, we're also asking if you can take this one to somebody at work, take this episode, maybe a by the numbers episode in particular. We're always looking to get a few new uh, listeners and show somebody who doesn't know how to use a podcast, how to directly access this from filmstudybaltimore.com. Literally, filmstudybolder.com, go to the podcast, go to the most recent By the Numbers episode, start it for them, and see if we can develop a new fan. I really appreciate any word of mouth you can uh, help us with to make the show a little more popular. Dan, always a pleasure. Yeah, it was a great one. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.